Welcome, this is the Sales IQ Podcast. My name is Luigi Prestonenzi, and I'm on a mission to help salespeople be the best sales professionals they can be. Each week, we'll bring you a different message from thought leaders from around the globe, so we can help you master the art of selling. Branding is the art of differentiation. That is a quote from this week's guest, David Breyer, who is a leading expert when it comes to branding, and he's going to talk to us today about how you can create a brand that will differentiate you from your competition. This episode is brought to you by VanillaSoft.com, sales engagement platform like no other. VanillaSoft is a platform that helps you engage your leads like a CRM just simply can't do. CRM are great, but to engage with your leads effectively, to turn a marketing qualified lead into a sales qualified lead and put more opportunities into your pipeline, you need to get yourself a sales engagement platform. So do yourself a favor, head over to vanillasoft.com, sign up for a free trial and see why so many salespeople are closing more deals as a result of using Vanilla Soft. So before we get into today's show, guys, I just want to say thanks again for subscribing and for listening to this podcast. I do this to help you be the very best you can be. Please continue to like, rate and share wherever you listen to podcasts. And please don't forget to send me a message on LinkedIn. I absolutely love receiving those messages of gratitude and thanks. So please keep it up. What the hell has branding got to do with sales? I'm a sales pro. I listen to your episode, Luigi, because you tell us about how we can be the best sales professionals we can be. And why would we want to listen to an episode on branding? Well, the reality is sales pros are now doing more marketing than ever before. The days of waiting for marketing to dish up sales qualified opportunities into your pipeline is gone. And if you wanted to continue, then I'd probably say it's time to look for a different job. That's why this week's episode is a compelling episode that if you haven't already created a personal brand, it's going to compel you to create one. And if you have, it's going to help provoke thought on what you could be doing differently to separate yourself from the rest, on what you can be doing differently so that your customers, your prospects, the people you want to engage with will see you differently. And, you know, when I first started in the sales world and, geez, when I say this, I feel like my old man, I feel like my dad, you know, going back in the day of, but when I first started, I've I wouldn't say I'm a veteran, but I've been doing this for a long time. Personal branding wasn't a major thing, and maybe it should have been, but it wasn't. It was a really simple process. We had a phone. We had a desk. Sometimes we didn't even have a desk, right? But we had a phone, and it was dial, 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 get out there on the road, door knock, generate conversations, and generate business. It was actually really simple. If I had told my boss back in the day, the silver fox, that I had to create a personal brand, he probably would have told me where to go and get out of his office and find a new job, right? Times have changed though, yeah? And, and the role that we play as sales professionals, we're really spending more time creating awareness in the marketplace and helping people engage with us earlier in the sales process. And yes, prospecting is a massive component of what we do. And, and you guys know me, you know how much I love the phone and love prospecting and email, cold emails and everything that comes with creating net new opportunities from nothing. But building a personal brand is absolutely critical because it's only going to elevate the prospecting efforts that you do, yeah? So that's why this week's episode is awesome, because David consults to companies all over the world, some of the biggest companies in the world, 
about this sort of stuff, about how do they can create their company brand. And there are many things that we can do as sales professionals to elevate our personal brand. So David's an author. Um, he spent his whole career devoted to this particular topic. So there are com- absolute nuggets of gold that is in this episode. And again, I'm hoping you have a notepad out um, and you just take note after note after note because it's really going to make you think. It's going to stop and help you consider exactly what you're doing from a personal branding perspective that's going to help you not just be the best sales professional you can be, but to create better buying experience for your customers and your prospects. So can't wait to get into this episode with David. Welcome to the show, David. Thanks, Luigi. I appreciate it, man. Yeah, man, I'm pretty pumped to have you on the show, man, because I think, uh, you know, right now with everything going on in the world, personal branding has not been as important as it is right now. And, um, you know, sales professionals, anyone, sales professionals, business owners, marketers, and now, you know, the actual focus on building brand is super important. So really excited to have an expert like yourself talk to our audience about what they can do to build a personal brand and help them connect better with their audience. Absolutely. Before we get into today's topic, mate, we'd love to know how you started in this journey, um, business, sales, marketing, branding. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, let's, I'll give you the fastest answer that I possibly can. Basically, so I'm a native New Yorker, born in Brooklyn, raised in Queens, a little stint on Long Island, and then I started my career in Manhattan. And um, I've always had an entrepreneurial streak. I was never really a big fan of like jumping into some agency stuff. I didn't tend to like the cultures. They felt a little, in my experience, the advertising world, they were really full of themselves. Like, 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 like they were like the badasses of the world. Like they knew better than anybody. And so there was a certain air that that didn't float my boat. And then there was a certain, uh, arist- aristocracy that went along with the design agencies. And so there's like these two worlds mm. and I w- stayed true to my own path and being always involved in art and creation and language and really appreciating all the components that make up uh, something that left an impression upon you because uh, growing up in New York, I loved going to, you know, New York city and, yeah. and, and soaking up the culture and all that kind of stuff. And so for me, it was always a matter of what makes an impression upon me. You know, it might be something musical. It might be something visual. It might be some incredible piece of architecture, but that was always stuff that caught my attention. And that's really, that was the foundation of my journey. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm jealous, mate, because uh, New York city is literally my favorite city in the world, man. Every time I was there in, in, in December, uh, to the Rockefeller Center, it was cold, running down Central Park. It's just, I don't know, just everything about that city, absolutely, it's electric, right? Um, I yeah. just think the yeah. hustle, the bustle, everything about it, I love it. And so yeah. from an early age, obviously, going into New York City, and, and, and but, but where did that inspiration for you come? Like, where did you find it to sort of say, hey, I'm going to devote my life to, to helping businesses and helping people create brands that better connect with audiences? There was, so I was studying to be an illustrator and I was a fine art, believe it or not, when I was 15 or 16 years old, I was already a fine art painter. Wow. I was already doing large. And if you can, you can see, I don't know if you're, I don't know if your folks are going to see a visual thing, but you see that painting right there. Yeah. 
That's a that's a painting of George Harrison. That's an oil painting. I did that when I was 16 years old. Wow, that's pretty impressive. Yeah, and so and so the thing is, so I will, I was kind of grooming myself to be an illustrator, you know, be on ma- magazines and album covers, all kinds of stuff. But it was I saw one particular designer who took the whole, the freaking entire thing. It's kind of like if if you were. It's kind of like when someone hears the Beatles or some amazing group for the first time, they're like, whoa, mm. that's music. <laughs> you know? yeah. And to me, it was like, whoa, that's what's possible with design. So that it was at that point that I realized I didn't just want to be basically a musician in the band. I wanted to be the conductor. Yeah. I wanted to ensure that all the talents and all the pieces that came together came together perfectly with the right synergy so that you and I, when we came upon that, we were like, holy shit. Yeah. You know, it stops you. And, you know, it's, it's, I mean, someone recently made a comment about one of my posts on LinkedIn and said, and they called me the scroll stopper. It's like, because, you know, you're always scrolling (laughs) Yeah. and they called me the scroll stopper because they said they're like scrolling, 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 scrolling. And they're like, and it stopped. And they're like, holy shit and they had and they had to read the post right and so anyway so that's that's the thing that got me started that's pretty cool um and and so because think about it and and i've i've i think we we spoke we spoke recently about this right i've been giving a lot of thought to you know what does that what does brand actually mean and i i don't think enough people appreciate what brand actually means right and there has been a major shift. I mean, we've got a lot of sales professionals that listen to this particular podcast. And, you know, the, historically, it was marketing's role to conduct that top of the funnel brand or equity, brand awareness. And the shift has occurred where salespeople now are, it's, it's a massive part of their role to create their own brand, to connect with that top Complete. of the funnel, right? Um, Complete. And, but I think for a lot of people, they just, the definition of brand, like a lot of people still don't know. And maybe it's not no. that they don't know. I think the definition means things, different things to different people. I mean, from your yeah. perspective, given that you've devoted your kind of your life to this particular topic, what does brand mean to you? Well, funny you should ask because <laughs> the, basic, the basic thing, it's in my book, Brand Invention. And it was one of the things that got me frustrated because and when I started writing my book, there were like about 6,500. If you go, if you went onto Amazon, you typed in branding for books, you'd get over 6,500 books, right? Mm. Now it's over 10,000 wow. books, which by the way, if you and I were to start, if you and I were to say, if you were to, if you were to go like, let's, uh, I'm going to do you, I, I'm going to do you as though you had an, an Italian accent. You might go, hey, David, so <laughs> you and me, we're, we're going to, we're going to like a sit and we're going to read a book a day. All right. <laughs> you and me are just a one a book a day. It would take us 24 and a half years reading one book a day to finish all of the books that currently exist on the topic of branding. And none of them had one agreed upon definition of branding. That's what I tackled in my book. I brought it down not to, 24 plus years of study, four yeah. freaking words. Branding is the art of differentiation. And anybody in sales knows that if they fail to differentiate, mm. they're, not, they're not distinguishing their offering from what else is out there, right? And anybody that's involved in leadership, if you're not making it clear, how are we as a culture in the world, yeah. how are we different? And, if you, and as a brand, the best brands in the world 
I mean, Gary Vee even says this, the, gr the greatest brands in the world, they actually brand, they don't sell. And as a result, they move more product into more hands and impact more hearts and more minds than those organizations that are just, we're going to sell, 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 yeah. sell. Yeah, it's such an interesting concept, right? And I mean, I'm in both fences because I love the concept of selling. I love the concept of creating something from nothing, right? I've put some yeah. large deals together in my past and I think there's nothing more satisfying than going, this person, you know, six months ago did not know they were signing a check for, you know, $5 million with me yeah. and we created yeah. something from nothing. I think, you know, that, that in itself blows my mind, but I've written that down, the art of, you know, it's the differentiation and I think – that, that sea of sameness that a lot of sales professionals get stuck in, um, it's a very difficult place to swim in, right? Because the right. only thing that they can differentiate is then price, and then they're battling in exactly. price. Exactly. You, you just nailed it. That's, and I'll, I'll give you this because this is that's a, what you've covered is exactly the point. And sales, those who are involved in sales will appreciate this, and as well as marketing. If we find that a prospective customer is talking more about price, 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 then it's like a seesaw. Mm. If that's high, then your value and differentiation is low. And now if you flip it and have you start pushing up your differentiation, why is it that people still buy Apple products that are not, that are at the, they're at the top of the heap as far as price, mm. their value is high. Their branding is high. Their differentiation yeah. is high. Their user experience is high. That, and then price becomes secondary. You're spot on, man. It's like the Tiffany. It's like the Tiffany paperclip. You know, when some, I had this conversation <laughs> with someone. They're like, you know, I said, mate, you know, it's, a, it's based, it's perception. It's what person perceives as value. And, you know, yeah. the, this Tiffany paperclip, I mean, what is it? It's 200 bucks. Like, who in their right yeah. mind would spend 200 bucks on a paperclip, right? But people do. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm not sure if you've even yeah. seen like, and then that day I went down this rabbit hole, David, and I'm on their website and you can buy like party cups, right? They're like a hundred bucks. Yeah. I'm like, who yeah. is spending this money? Because maybe I don't see it. I don't, I don't, you know, I don't see value in that. But there are people right. that see value in that, right? Is yep. the brand yep. is speaking louder than, than what I what I can actually, you know, what I'm hearing. Um, but they know their market and they're serving their market well and they're making money from their market because that's what they, their market will buy it, right? Complete, complete. I mean, it's, you know, I mean, look at, you know, I mean, look at, just go back, flashback to when Starbucks first introduced the whole coffee house experience. Mm. There, were, there were restaurants that served coffee for 50 cents or whatever it was. But then all of a sudden they bring this whole thing. It's an aura and it's yeah. an experience. And you walk into a Starbucks, you're sort of stepping outside of the hustle bustle of the world. So what are you paying for? You're paying for that whole 360 degree experience. And you're glad to pay the 350 for the freaking cup of coffee. You're like, sure, take my money. You know? Yeah. I, <laughs> I love, you know, I often refer back to Howard Schultz, man. I love his story. Um, another New Yorker, yeah. you know, from the housing projects. And I absolutely love his story. I love the fact that, you know, he went to Italy. He he saw a coffee culture and he wanted to replicate that and he's created something remarkable. But I think you're right because brand – I remember we, we don't have a lot of Starbucks in Australia. We've got them, but not in the burbs, right, what I call the suburbs. Um, like in, in the US, they're everywhere, right? Like you walk down New York, it's kind of like on every corner – 
Um, it it we, is practically every corner. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> it freaks me out, right? But you get free Wi-Fi. I mean, but I remember yeah. when one opened up near our house, my kids are like, yeah, my son was like 12 years old. My daughter's 15, 16. Oh, can we go to Starbucks? And I'm like, how, how are you attracted to Starbucks? Like you don't drink coffee. And they're like, yeah, but dad, they don't have coffees. They've got all these other things. And my friends are going there. I'm like, you know what? That's cool. That's, that's cool right. how you've turned something that just coffee, right? Just yep. coffee. And you've actually, you've created a brand that's engaging with a 14 and 15 year old that want to go there because they see it's cool. Yeah. It's, I, yeah. I mean, it's the, the whole, the whole aspect, you know, I mean, there's such the greatest, the greatest salespeople understand branding and the greatest branding people understand sales. Mm. Those that complain and play the, the finger pointing sandbox, what I call this, the, the, the stupid shit. <laughs> um, oh no, they're, oh, they're, they don't know what they're talking about. And oh, they don't know what they're talking about. And everyone's like, it's like people, do you think you're like, do you not have a common goal? Can you like grow up like really freaking fast, like in the next three minutes? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I get it, man. And so, so if you're, uh, where do you see companies go wrong with brand? I mean, you're spending, like, you, you spend, like I said, you, you devoted your life to this. Where, where do you see they go wrong where the brand doesn't connect with their audience and their, and their tribe? There's a, there's, there's a few, there's a few places. One is, is they're focused on themselves trying to get their pitch out. Yeah. Right. I call that, I, I, I often will compare branding and sales to going out on a, for, on a blind date. Mm. It's like if you go on a blind date and the person that you're sitting down with for the first time and all they want to do is say, really nice to meet you. By the way, let me tell you all about me. Yeah. <laughs> that, that check can't come fast enough. You're like, get me the hell out of here. Right. They're not interested in you. And so what I tell, what I tell people all the time is back to it's like the road to our customer's doorway the path starts at their front door, not ours. Yeah. Right. The problems that they encounter, the aspirations they, they encounter, the frustrations, the hopes, the goals. Um, that's one thing. Another thing that absolutely will suck the life out of brand potential is um, proximity. And what I mean by that is brands, companies oftentimes are so close to their brand, they, they've lost perspective from the outside world. They're only looking at it and they have this, it's almost like they have this love affair. It's kind of like, it's kind of like a, it's like telling a parent who shows you their kid who they're absolutely in love with their kid. And, and this kid, you know, is like, it's the, let's say this is one really freaking not good looking kid, right? You, you're, you know, maybe they've got a third eyeball or something <laughs> weird, right? right. It's just, yeah. it ain't happening. Right. It's like, you're not really hitting it. And they're like, <laughs> Isn't this the most adorable thing you've ever seen? <laughs> uh, have, have a seat. Have a seat, mom. We have to have a talk. <laughs> and so, you know, so that proximity, I, what I call that is what's lacking is passionate impartiality. That's what I love. That's what I love. That's what I love doing with companies is I'll show up and I'll go, okay, good. Let's, let's talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly. And because there's, there's some shit that you've been doing that's stupid. That's absolutely ridiculous. And you're going to stop doing that starting right now. Yeah. That's no longer part of your discussion. That's no longer part of your brand. And let's find the stuff that's truly relevant and meaningful. And that meets the criteria of differentiation. It can't yeah. just be, oh, we're better or, oh, we're cheaper or, oh, we have more features or, oh, this or that. Da, 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 da. No, how different is better than better. That's mm -hmm. what brands must know, that different is yeah. better than better.
This is interesting, right? Because brand's not just about the logo. It's not just about the image. It's the stuff no. that's sitting behind it, right? Complete. Yeah. It is It is deep. A brand, I mean, too many companies treat brands like what I call digital Botox. <laughs> it's like, dude, it's like, it's like, you know, it's like, look, it's good. Look, we, we, you know, we all, we know all of the, we know plenty of Hollywood personalities that are very superficial. There's no depth to them, right? So you go, okay, so they have the perfect tan, mm. they have the perfect makeup, and they have the perfect set of tits, and the whole, you know, and you go, okay, great, you know, fantastic. But, and then you sit down for a minute and you realize there's nothing. There's, they're, 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 they're empty. It's a vacuum. It's a yeah. hollow shell. And you're going, wow, that was a real letdown. Mm. Brands are the same way. Brands are the same way. I mean, I'll give you a perfect example, right? I mean, we, we both have talked about Apple a bit. The thing that I love about Apple is their amazing attention to detail. I love getting like the newest mm. iPhone home and I open the box and I t pull it off and everything fits so perfect. It's yeah. like, it's kind of like Indiana Jones discovering <laughs> that treasure. You like pull it off and you're like, holy crap. You know, I mean, nothing is nothing. There's yeah. no shortcuts. They haven't, they haven't used cheaper board. They haven't gone, oh, we've closed the deal. Therefore, we can just now ignore those son of a bitches. You know, mm -hmm. it's like they, they respect our experience all the way through. Yeah, it's, you know what? It, it is, I know often people refer to Apple and go like, you know, they're a trillion dollar company, et cetera. But you're right. It's, it's that experience goes beyond the packaging. It, it goes beyond the phone. It goes beyond the – like it's it's in everything that they do, with their website, the way – and even, you know, I spoke to you previously about this experience that I had, but it even goes in the interaction you have with their stores, right, when you mm. go and talk to their oh, people. Yeah. Like the, the, the people yeah. are you – know, the, the salespeople on the floor with the iPads and they're wearing the blue tops. So I think it's still blue. But, you know, just the interaction you have with them, they're proud to work for Apple right? Versus, yeah, you know, yeah. I go for my phone, I've got to go to my telco provider. I go in there. I don't even get eye contact. Like they, they don't even acknowledge that I'm walking in there. And, and that's what frustrates me the most. I'm like, I'm buying from your company, right? Yeah. I get yeah. it that you're frustrated. I get it that things aren't good for you in your business. Whatever's happening in your day shouldn't be impacting me as the customer, right? Yeah. And you, and you yeah. don't even acknowledge that I've walked into the store, right? And, and, and I, think, I think that's really interesting, yeah, because everything now, salespeople can have a lot of excuses of why they, they're not being successful, right? Because they're saying, well, we're asked to do more than ever before. You've got CRMs, you've got LinkedIn, you've got now I've got to create content, I've got to write, I've got to do this, and I'm, I'm being asked to do all this extra stuff that historically I wasn't meant to do. And I've also got to do some of the, the roles of marketing. Um, yeah. I'd love to understand, right, if, if you're one of those pros at the moment going, mate, the world is changing too fast for me to keep up with, but I know I need to create a personal brand, where the hell do I start? Because my company's got their brand and what, how do I define my brand? Here's what you got. Here's the most vital thing that somebody's got to understand. They cannot look at it from just today's, oh, I've got to do it because if I don't do it, um, you know, I'm behind the eight ball or whatever. It's like respect the human experience. Mm. Respect the fact that sale is a heart, mind, wallet transition, right? Absolutely, yeah. Heart, mind, wallet, right? So the thing is, is that the greatest rock stars in the world 
And when I say rock stars, I mean everyone from Einstein to Martin Luther King to Steve Jobs to Richard Branson to Elon Musk. These were people. That's what people miss because it's almost like hiding in plain sight. They almost like take it for granted. It's like air. It's like, oh, well, I don't have to pay attention to air. It's all, you know, okay, there we go. No, no, here's the deal. These were all people. It's like Einstein gave a voice to science, right? Yeah. And Martin Luther King gave a voice to civil rights. And, and you can go on and on and on. And the thing is, is that they stand for something. They're in touch with their humanity. They're not just pitch men. They're not just pitch people, just kind of going at it, going da-da-da-da-da. But they, they, it meant something. They cared. They gave a damn, and they stood up for it, and they were willing to voice it in the world. And I think that that's the place. If you, if you really understand that to its core, that we're, you're adding that layer of humanity, because too often, too often, especially companies that have a lot of moving parts, or they're bigger or they're just moving parts, they want to put as much on autopilot, yeah. quote unquote, you know, as possible. Oh, we want to automate this. We want to automate that. And I will, and I, I'll tell you, I get into head, head to head battles with, with CEOs. Sometimes I'm going to say, do you do not never put a COO in charge of branding because they're going to be trying to put processes in place of ownership. Yeah. They're going to try and put automated sequences and efficiencies in place of humanity. That's, that's a recipe for actual freaking disaster. And that you, you can never allow happen. It's like, I mean, I can go on, I could talk about this for yeah. a long time, but that alone, you own your humanity. No one's going to own it for you. Yeah. See, that's, that's so powerful, right? Because we are living in an age where in sales, the sales engagement platforms, there's all these pieces of technology that have, that have exploded. You know, the unicorn businesses are, are coming out. Because if there's all these parts where businesses are trying to automate, and the data though is showing that before pre-COVID or pre this pandemic, X amount, mm -hmm. I think it was 60%, 70% of sales teams not meeting target, right? Um, so a significant amount of salespeople not actually meeting their number, even with all the, the technology tools that we have today to find a mobile mm -hmm. number. We can literally, one click of a button, we can get our prospect's mobile number. Like, mm -hmm. you know, when I started, it was, and I shouldn't talk like that because I feel like I'm my, my dad, right? But when I started in yeah. sales, like we didn't have those tools. We yeah. managed to find it, right? We managed to do our research. We managed to learn about our prospects. We managed to come up with creative ways to engage with them, yeah? And I think mm -hmm. what I'm seeing, and this is why I love this conversation, what you just said, caring, humanity, that whole branding piece, it's not about going how many sequences, how many things can I automate in my sales process, yep. it's how do I show my customers that I actually care about them and connect Completely. with them on a human level? Completely. And that's what I mean. And just take, let's, let's do this as an even more practical example. I remember when, I remember like we have the largest, we're not far from the largest mall in America, which is the Mall of America, yep. which has actually more, more people coming from outside of the country to visit it than Disneyland every year right <laughs> yeah. they, they literally go there they'll do they'll do like a three or four day trip because it's so large you can't knock it out in a day so you're like <laughs> so three or four days but the thing about this is i remember so i went to the apple store in 
uh, in the mall of America. And this is going back maybe like, I don't know, let's say six or seven years, eight, maybe seven, eight years, maybe. And what happens is, is I remember seeing that. And I remember shortly thereafter, Microsoft did an, a 100% absolute Apple store ripoff. They tried to mm. same look, same thing. And I remember because they weren't far from each other, right? So Microsoft was trying to basically poach, you know, people who are, oh, they're, they're over there. Maybe they'll, maybe we'll yeah. catch some of it. And so the, so I walk by, I see the Apple store is packed, wall-to-wall people, packed. The Microsoft store is pretty sparse, <laughs> barely, you know, like almost no one. And, but what they did is they trained them. And it was the stupidest thing in the world. That's why you can't, you, that's why you can't put processes in place of, True humanity, mm. true authenticity, and true ingenuity. And so, what they were doing, what they were taught to do, they were like, they did some something like this. It's a, a, like a, a clapping pattern, like, yeah. And like, so all of these, so all of these Microsoft employees are standing there, and I'm going, if I had that as a job, I would right now feel like <laughs> the smallest, most stupidest person in the country because I'm standing there trying to get attention, and I can't even get attention because of what I'm offering in value. So maybe somehow someone thought that clapping a pattern like that by employees is somehow going to generate brand relevance. Mm. Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's, you know, this is, this is such a important, I think this is such an important conversation, right? And I can't wait to publish this because again, salespeople are looking for, they're looking for more tactics, right? Yeah. And I think yeah. they're forgetting about the best tactic that they've got is being themselves and are really understanding the value that they offer others and connecting that human level. And I've got something, I know our listeners can't see this, but you know, this is something that somebody sent this, it's called a tiny message of inspiration, right? Yeah, and yeah. you open it up and it says, believe in yourself, right? Yep. Somebody sent yep. this to me and it sits, literally sits here and I won't make mention who sent it to me, but it literally sits here on my desk every single day, right? Yeah. And yeah. it was based on a conversation that I had with them. And I mentioned to them that I was going through that, you know, that, that imposter syndrome. Like I was, I was having sure. that, I was questioning some stuff that I was doing. Yeah. And I got a note from him, a written note, this in the mail, all the way from the US. Yep. And man, it made me feel like, it just made me feel incredible that he took yeah. the time out to send me something and it literally sits on my, and so for any salesperson go, oh man, you, what, you want me to send me stuff, stuff to the prospect? But I think this whole element of branding, and I know that we've got a good friend, Ahmed, and um, he, he tells me about this as well, right? It's when you know your values and you're very clear and your philosophy's right, um, yeah. and you know, who you, you, know, you know who you're there to serve, then it's about how do we create that unique experience for people so that they can feel touched on a one-to-one -one level, right? Um, yep. and, and, and that's some of the things that I've been trying. I've been, I've been racking my brains around this it's, and, and you know, having the, the opportunity to spend some time with Seth Godin who spoke about that whole, you know, you don't create a tribe. The tribe is already out there. Is you, you find them, you lead them and you inspire them or you inspire them and then you lead them. And that, 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 yep. that has kind of tattooed in my brain and I've been thinking about that time and time again. It's, you know, how do I engage how do i create a brand that's going to engage with people and the reality is it's not going to engage with everybody right because mm -hmm. some yeah. brands just are not right for everyone <laughs> no not yeah. at all i mean look but the, look the, there's no way that that the loyal walmart shopper <laughs> 
yes. who only cares, whose only value uh, metric is, is it the cheapest? Mm. Period. Right. That's it. You know, what, it, can I get the lowest price? Uh, that's the only metric. You you can't go to them. Hey, by the way, I've got some of much better value. Their value, their value um, <laughs> spectrum. Yeah. Yep. You know, the most important thing on that is cheapest. Whereas other people, other audiences who have different values, their most valuable thing will be experience mm. or it could be ease or it could be simplicity or it could be luxury. I mean, it's whatever it is. So they all have the different things. And there's no way, there's no way that, you know, that uh, a, a premium brand, a Bentley is not, even if you were to say, even if you were to say to a Walmart shopper, I'll give you this Bentley for five bucks. They'd probably go, there's something wrong with it. They probably find it would be, <laughs> it would be outside their reality. They'd go, no yeah. way. It's like, a, I mean, can I get it anywhere else for four fifty? I mean, what is this? You know I mean? <laughs> you know, again, this is right. And this is where I say like that brand, that, that um, experience is every, everything we do in life, right? And I'm renovating my house right now, probably the worst time in the world to renovate because we've just gone back in lockdown and I can't get some of the tradies here, right? But as before this mm -hmm. happened, I had yeah. some, I had to get my bathroom done and I had some, some tilers to come in, right? I had three. I thought, you know what? I'm usually an impulse buyer, but I should get a couple of quotes. I had three come in. I ended up going, and this is not because I got money or anything like that. I ended up going with the guy that was the most expensive, Right? And there was a reason why, because he came in, he was on time, right? He actually came on time, which was just, I've mm -hmm. had tradies come, like some of them don't even rock up, right? He came on time. Um, he was well, he was actually well-groomed for, for a Tyler, mm -hmm. right? Um, but mm -hmm. he was really good manners. He came and he looked at the job and he was the only one to tell me things that I didn't know I needed to do. So he actually said, when you do this, this is probably going to happen. You need to do this. And I went in thinking I needed a Tyler. And he told me that all these things that I missed, that the other two didn't. And yep. I had to bring it up with them, right? And so his quote was more, but I felt more confident in that, you know what? This guy's actually going to help me. And then yep. through that, he said, oh, we also need to do this, but don't worry. I'll get somebody to do that for you. And he gave me a feeling of confidence. He gave me a level of comfort going, you know what? This guy's actually going to do a good job. He's telling me stuff I don't yeah. know and it's not going to yeah. pop up down the track. And so I'm going, well, he's more expensive, but actually I valued that. For me, that's a key part mm -hmm. of his brand, right? That I valued that he mm -hmm. was going above and beyond. Um, yeah. So, you know, I, th I absolutely love this dis discussion, David, because I think it's it's so important. And, and for salespeople listening right now that, again, they've been slow to start that that process of, because everybody's already got a brand, right? Whether we like it or not, yeah. we're associated. We've created yeah. a, a level of- One question, no, no question. You, wh whether you whether you like it or not, you've got a brand. And, you, and if you've done nothing about it, it has been, that brand has been defined by the people out there. You have not in any way impacted that story. Yeah. Um, and so you don't, you don't not have a brand because you haven't done anything. You don't lack one. No, you've got one. It may be crap. It may be, maybe you're lucky. Maybe it might be okay. Uh, or maybe it might just be, you know, your brand maybe never heard of you before. <laughs> That's a shitty place to be as a brand. Yeah. That's like, you don't know how you don't come in as an expert and go, well, you're, you're, oh, you're the, you are the expert. You're the best option. Da, 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 da. How come I've never heard of you before? <laughs> That's not a strong place to be. <laughs>
I know we've been there. I've been there. I've been there. You know what? I've been there time and time again, and I know it's not the best place to be. And um, yeah. and so if if you are that person that's sitting there going, all right, David, you've compelled me. I've been on LinkedIn. I've been a a social stalker, right? I've been using the platform to stalk, and and I've been embarrassed. I don't want to share content because I don't want to look silly or anything like that. But I know before I even start publishing content, what should I do if I if I don't know? what my brand perception and what the perception of my brand is out there, what should I do? Should I do a brand sort of ideation on what I'm about? Where should oh, I start? I, 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 super simple, super simple. First thing is, is if you're involved, if you're involved in sales, you better be observing. I'm assuming that you're observing. Mm-hmm. Any salesperson worth their salt observes. They're listening. They're listening for the tells. They're listening for the pain points. They're listening for the frustrations. They're listening to the little red flag things. So listening, 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 listening. Good. Take inventory of the stuff you routinely hear and encounter. Mm. Take, you know, so that's one thing. You can talk about that. Okay. That's one thing you can talk about. Another thing is, is now, are you being defined by the industry or are you defining the industry? This is an important question. I'm going to repeat this two more times because there's no way anybody got it with what I just said. Yeah. I can already tell you. Are you defining the industry or is the industry defining you? Meaning, oftentimes, many of us will be, will be whatever we are. We might be in a particular industry selling XYZ or we might be in this industry selling this service or this product or whatever. And with that industry comes baggage. Like if I were to tell you, hey, Luigi, I'm a lawyer. Mm. I wouldn't have to say very much. You'd already think, okay, this guy probably isn't, isn't a lot of fun to go out to have a drink with. <laughs> and yeah. probably say, he, he makes stuff too complicated. He probably charges by every 15 minutes. He's a miser and, uh, and you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, right? It's baggage, yeah. right? Right there, the industry, my mm. industry has defined me. Well, the way that you can actually navigate as a brand is you could do this instead. You could flip it on set and you could say, okay, how am I going to improve my industry? What are the problems of my industry, you know, from this viewpoint of either customers I serve or fellow professionals that I see that need to be fixed? Yep. Because in every industry, every industry has situations that need to be fixed, right? We can agree on that. Yep. Good. So the thing is, is, now, all of a sudden, if you are now talking from that vantage point, you now have become a little bit bigger. Mm-hmm. You're not now on, you're, you're taking more of an offensive uh, stance rather than a, a defensive stance. So just like, hey, me too. I'm relevant too. That's, that's just like crap, right? So you want to come at it from the standpoint of, hey, you know what? Having been in this industry for 10 or 20 years, there's a few things I've observed that actually I have found to be you know, le- less than optimal. And one of the most common ones I've seen is blah, 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 blah. And, and, and so actually what I'm doing is I'm, the revolution that I'm now bringing to this industry is blank. Now you have a context yeah. of, of an interesting discussion. That's good. You know what? And I think that will resonate for a lot of sales pros because there is a lack of trust between buyers and sellers, right? And there's heaps of studies to show there's a lack of trust between, you know, people don't trust press releases, People don't trust social ads. Like the data is, I had a look at it the other day and I was just dumbfounded to go, wow, like there is a huge lack of trust between buyers and sellers. And you're right. Like, especially if you think in sales, like 
there's movies, The Wolf of Wall Street, Boiler Room, right? Wall yeah, Street. Yeah. There are movies that yeah. depict a certain behavior and a certain way that salespeople have done business for such a long time. And, you know, and especially there are some industries, car sales. And one of the images that I, you know, that I refer to is, is you know, there's a wall and there's a seller pushing or the pushing at the wall and the buyer's pushing on the other side of the wall. They're pushing the wall against each other. You know, yeah. and, and that, that was a sort of, you know, the old school is the, is the, is the buyer would go into the car yard and go, well, I'm going to get the best deal for myself today. And the, sell, and the seller's going, I'm going to get the best deal for myself today. So they're both trying to serve each yeah. other's needs, right? Yeah, I think yeah. that's what you're saying is that the industry has, it's a massive aha. The industry has baggage. And if I'm in that industry that has baggage, then how do I then elevate myself to focus on what that baggage is and actually flip it? So that's, that's an incredible piece of advice. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's that's the only way to do it because otherwise, otherwise, all the stuff that's happening out there is defining you. Yeah. I mean, no, no professional worth, no professional, no entrepreneur, no leader, no one we look up to, ever got to that place where we were like, "Wow, I'd really like to be like that person." They really inspire me because they allowed the circumstances or their industry or whatever to define them, they walked in and said, hey, there's some shit here that stinks mm. and I'm willing to do something about it. I'm not going to sit here and just complain about it. I'm not going to sit here and, and say, hey, I'm entitled to something better because wake up call, none of us are. Look, I mean, I could give you a laundry list of all the things. It's like, I was the better artist and I should have gotten that scholarship. I was the this, I was the that, da, 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 da. and I could just go down that lane or I could say, okay, where did I fall short? Mm. What, how much more do I need to own of this to have the impact in the world that I need to have? So it's a matter of ownership. It's a matter of how much space, how much space in our industry are we willing to occupy and take up and own? And if we do that big enough, we'll have a big enough impact. If yeah. we don't, transaction to transaction, job to job, gig to gig, boring, not satisfying, burnout yeah and then i think you've summarized that conversation you know just in that it's differentiation the art of differentiation adding the human element adding the care and there's one word that really stuck out for me just then it's impact it's knowing mm -hmm. you know what is the impact that i'm able to have on my customers on my industry and and that for me is is it just completely resonated with the brand and mate we could talk about this for hours but before we sort of wrap up i want to know where 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 can our um Listeners, I know you've got a book and we'll put that in the show notes, but where can they find yep. engage with you um, after this episode? Absolutely. Well, first of all, well, they can certainly go to my website where there's just, there is a treasure trove of content examples. I mean, real stuff, not fluffy yeah. crap, not like data, little data crap. Da, da, da. I mean, but just real like, hey, here's a company, here's the crap they were running into. Da, da. So if they go to rising, R-I-S-I-N-G, rising above the noise, uh, dot com risingabovethenoise.com. They can certainly visit there. They could subscribe to the blog and, yep. and get some good content. And that's, that's one place. They could certainly reach out to me on LinkedIn. Um, and, you know, and of course, there's the, there's the book. And if they want, I mean, and, and I'll, say, I'll just drop this, um, not knowing when, when this is dropping, but I, I have even put together a masterclass mentorship that's an eight-week eight program that is absolutely going to slay Every, I mean, it's so exciting. We're getting, we're getting new enrollees every day. 
And it's just epically awesome. So that's something they can certainly reach out to me on LinkedIn and, yep. and such like that. But that's those are some places they can certainly reach out for sure. Awesome. When does that go live? When are you going live with that masterclass? That's gonna. That's happening. The it's, I expected the first week around the first week of September. Okay. Well, this will definitely be before then, so that our, uh, okay. our listeners awesome. can engage and, and come along to your masterclass. Well, mate, I really enjoyed this because again, it's, uh, it's just a couple of ahas that have resonated for me. And you're right, like that brand, that experience, that caring, the impact. Um, it's all going to help us separate ourselves from the sea of sameness um, and help us be the best we can be mate so i want to say thank you for coming on the podcast thanks for the contribution you're making to the business the marketing and the sales community no oh, absolutely and so and and and, I'm, and i'll just give you and i'll leave you with this it's like a luigi <laughs> this has been a great great i've, I've loved talking to you you know it's a, a, you, the only thing next time you offer me to bring to your home bring some espresso so yeah. we like actually like a drink a, you know so you and me, okay? That's right. I mean, we should have had we should have had a virtual coffee. <laughs> <laughs> well, I love I love the accent, man. So thank you so much, David. My pleasure, man. <laughs>